Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. We got some really positive feedback about the intro, by the way. Oh, really? I saw a couple of emails where they said that. Yeah, I got one from my fan who I don't forward to you just because he mostly talks about porn. Uh, and he was like, love it. He said, I will miss getting an intro 20 to 30 minutes into an episode at random, which is true <laughs> and unavoidable. I'm glad that I don't ever have to say that goddamn intro again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about the thing we started talking about. So you and I talk outside of this podcast in the real life. And by that, I mean through I am. And we started a conversation and then we're like, let's have this conversation on the podcast. Before we do that, can I just make a comment? Yep. Is it about how good looking I am? It is sort of to do with that, but absolutely not. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I like I like the direction this is going. This is good. Very positive. Um, I just so I've spent like I've spent the last three days cleaning up my room in a major way. I don't know if you can tell by looking at my room. I noticed that there's less stuff on the wall. It's amazing. My room is amazing. I just got rid of heaps of stuff. I'm just selling heaps of stuff online. And your room looks a tiny bit chaotic when I look at it. Uh, it's Monday right now, and Monday I do three things. I do my emails, I empty my bins, and I do a quick clean up. And I have so few things that, like, 15 minutes of cleaning makes my room abs like everything is in its place because I just don't have enough stuff. I was looking at your room, and I was like, huh, my room's cleaner. And then I was like, oh, I'm an awful person um, for thinking that. Uh, I'm moving in with my partner. And what? so uh, Lucy, who we discussed uh, two episodes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're moving in together. And wow, he has had the same apartment for six years now. And in that time, like if you live in one place for a long time, you just build up stuff infinitely. And so we had a very serious conversation the other day where I was like, look, I, when we move in together, there needs to be less stuff. And he was like, thank God, I really want to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is the best. That that reminds me of when we moved in together. And I was like, we need more stuff, SJ. We need we need to have way more stuff. No, don't you remember? I went through and we like chucked out so many of your things. And also a lot of my things. I don't remember this at all, actually. Oh, really? Oh, because we, we were moving into one room. We'd each had our own separate yeah. massive rooms. And then we were sharing one room. I just remember the constant struggle of getting you to throw away things uh, because you have a shed, which is just so full of stuff. <laughs> and as well as that, you live within a few hours drive of your parents. So whenever you're like, okay, I really got to get rid of this stuff. Sometimes what you mean is I need to drop it off at my parents' house. Actually, I rarely do that. I wish I did that more often than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't do that very much. I remember the the system that I like is if you haven't used it in a year, you throw it out and you hate that system. What about the Mari Kondo technique? No, I actually do like that system. I'm a lot, I, I'm, I've thrown out a lot more things in the, you know, two years since we <laughs> met, since we broke up. Was it two years ago? 
No. It would. Oh my be god! Based... It was two. Yeah, yeah it was two years ago we broke it's up. It's over. It's over two years. Just over two years. Uh yeah no that, that was all before I learned the Mari Kond what's what's the name? Mari Kondo. Mari Kondo system, which is incredible and really handy if you're moving overseas. Uh, I'm about to go down to America and pick up the last of my stuff. So like everything I own will be in the one room and I'm going to try to cull even that. Do you want to explain what the Marie Kondo technique is? Oh yeah. So I, <laughs> she has a whole book and I've not read the book. I've only heard this one like tiny bit of a really good book. It's called The Art of Tidying Up. And the part that someone said it to me and I was like, holy shit. And I've told so many people since then is you pick up everything you own and you ask yourself, does this bring me joy? And if the answer is no, you thank it's for its service and you get rid of it. And every part of that is just beautiful. Like, first of all, having to physically pick up everything that you own is such a good reminder of how much shit you own. Yeah. Secondly, the question is not, do I want this? It's, does will, this bring no, me joy? It's, will I need this? Oh, that's way less good. I've been, I've been, I've improved the system, which is, does this bring me joy? Yeah. Yeah. Because that is such a specific thing. And if the answer is no, you throw it out. And I've told these people and they've been like, well, spatulas don't bring me joy. And I'm like, okay, then throw out your spatulas. Then you will want a spatula. You will buy one and it will bring you so much fucking joy <laughs> because you'll be like, oh, this spatula is so handy. I lived without one for two months. But most stuff that you're like, oh, I do need this. Like you'll get rid of and then realize you don't need it. Like people just need so much less stuff than they have. And anyone who knew me when, you know, when I was dating you before that, like, I used to have upwards of 1,500 DVDs and oh, yeah. just piles of shit. I used to have so much stuff. Uh, and now I digitally hoard, which is way better because, <laughs> you know, hard drives are, are cheap. <laughs> They're also much smaller than a whole bookshelf. It's true. I don't read physical books and I've stopped watching DVDs. I now watch Netflix or if, I, if it's not on Netflix, I will torrent it, uh, which is illegal, but I do that. I bought so many DVDs. I, in my mind, I'm kind of like, I have paid for entertainment. You know, I've paid my dues. <laughs> <laughs> You've paid your wage for the rest of your life. Hmm. And then one day when I have money, I'll, I'll buy stuff again. But uh, right now, I just... What, what are you looking around for? I'm just... No, no, I'm just looking at my room while we're having this conversation. Just liking <laughs> my room. Uh, yeah, I really like having very, very little stuff. And Lucy has six years worth of living in the same spot stuff. Including like 500 DVDs. And so I think we're getting rid of most of those DVDs, if not all of those DVDs. So you did a weird thing here where you were like, so let's talk about that conversation that we were going to have previously. And then you're just like, and I'll also just like drop this like, yeah, I'm I'm moving in with this person that I'm dating. Do you want to talk about that? Like that, that is a normal thing to move in with someone that you're dating. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a, it's not a normal thing to do a podcast with your ex-fiance I mean then... you could end that sentence there and it's true so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'm moving with Lucy we're very much in love we're going to be very happy and have a million babies together cool anything else you want to ask I'm getting better at the pronouns yeah you are not flawless but definitely better uh you and I moved in together after two months I'm moving in with Lucy we've only been dating for six weeks now but we're not moving in until August which is Six weeks away, so that'll be that'll be three months. So you know, it's not it's not it's not as impulsive as you and I. <laughs> also, like we've discussed this before, that is a thing that I just have never regretted about moving in with you. So many people were like, "This is a huge mistake," and we were both like, 
uh, like nothing in our body is telling us that. And I still have zero regrets about moving in with you after two months. Yeah, I don't regret that either. I regret moving in with you at all, but not, not for moving in after two months. That's a lie. <laughs> you look so sad. I was hoping for a laugh there. Do you want to see my penis? Yes. <laughs> you get a good look? <laughs> you have a lot of pubes, man. Yeah, I don't really trim them or shave them. I mean, I feel like that was shamey about your pubes. But, um, yeah, I got, I got a look. I was just, <laughs> I just wanted to see if you would, you would still do it. Yeah, I got, I've got a photo of an erection I can show you. Uh, like I, I have no. <laughs> like someone else's erection or. That's no, mine. I, I don't think I need to see that. Okay, but it's here if you want it. I've got it pulled up right now. Mm. Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> uh. I was really curious to see what you'd say. <laughs> Not really curious. I was just like, oh, ask this. And then, because uh, I, I don't care. I have no limit. You really don't. No. Nope. Yeah, I would not do that. You don't want to show me your penis? No. <laughs> so, the thing I wanted to talk about today was the conversation that we started on Telegram and then decided to have the podcast, which is about your life. That is so weird. We never talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. This is the first time we actually discussed any element of, of SJ on this podcast. It's been all the Peter show until now. Well, it's kind of funny because the, not the last episode, but the last episode that we put up. The last so... two episodes have been about me, actually. Yeah, have been about you. The argument one? You haven't listened to that yet, have you? Oh, I'm dreading listening to it. I really want to do a follow-up to that once you've listened to it. Because I was listening to it and I realized I didn't like myself. Wow. Which is weird for me. There's just a few bits where I, I, I see the issue that you have with me arguing. Oh, right. Yeah, because it's mostly me being like, oh, I... no, no. It's me, me being like, okay, we will have this conversation. And then me being like, oh, I remember why I hate these conversations. And so, yeah, once you've listened to it and it's gone live, I want to have a bit of a follow-up to that. But right now, I want to talk about... Do you, want to, do you want to describe what we were talking about? I don't want to misrepresent it. Uh, actually, want to know what I'm curious about what you would say. I have been thinking about this. Firstly, are you okay with me talking about your bank account? Um, not like not in great detail, no. Okay. But like generally, you are a chronic saver. Yes. Which is a good thing. It's an amazing thing. Uh, it is the opposite of me. I'm a chronic spender, and yeah. When we were together, you were a chronic spender because uh, I'm very influential. And I was like, buy all this stuff. And you bought all this stuff. Not, not, not like oh, for me, but I was like... Yeah, you did. Now that I think oh. about that. Yeah. And you still do that now. You're like, yeah. every time I talk to you, you're like, buy a new computer. Buy a new computer. Well, it's because you spend so much time complaining about your computer. <laughs> and you have this bank account, which is full of money. We still had this same conversation when we were going out. And I had the same computer. Do you remember? Is that the same computer? It's the same computer. Okay. My <laughs> point is that I, I spend money at a similar rate to the rate that you save money. So when we were together, we kind of balanced each other out in that I would get you to spend all your money on things. <laughs> that's, that's... Okay. But when I spend money, I really genuinely see it as investing in my future self. 
I don't know why you save money. I think that is probably a whole podcast worth of discussion. Uh, like, just really quickly, it's partially a, a upbringing thing, but a, a, most of it is fear, and a big part of it is fear about my um, well-being or lack of and, like, what I'm going to do. Like, I've had a series of crises. Whenever I get really unwell, I have a, like, I have a lot of fears around money. I'm generally afraid. Yeah. And so uh, in the lead up to my Kickstarter scuttle, I spent probably close to, I don't know, two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 of my own money. I didn't keep track of it, which is a, a, a bad habit. Uh, keep track of your money, people. You should definitely do that. Do as I say, not as I do. And I think that paid off. I think that paid off quite nicely. Uh, I was very happy with the end result of scuttle. Of $87,000, whatever. So I, I spent... <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so, you know, like... That's so... So genuinely. Um, <laughs> so I spend money not on, like, I don't know, fancy anything, but just on, like, creative projects and stuff like that. And I invest in myself. And I reckon you should do the same thing. So what does that... What does that mean? What do you mean by that? If I were you, if I were in your shoes, and I'm aware that I don't have any kind of mental health problems or struggles and so it's hard for me to, to kind of get that I, 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 it's hard for me to factor that in but I'm trying to and what I would do if I were you in your position is I would either quit work or take a like one or two day a week part-time job and start seriously following this creative path yeah because I think firstly you've got enough money to support yourself for at least a few months probably upwards of six months considering that you live very cheap I'm so cheap. <laughs> You're so happy about that. I just like what's interesting is I used to like I used to have a real big problem with buying clothes. Do you remember this? I had to delete all the apps from my Oh, you used to, yeah, I used to buy too many clothes. Yeah, yeah. And because I'm so busy doing shit, I just have no time to go do that anymore. <laughs> so, like I'm so so cheap and I like one of my favorite ways to spend my Sundays is to, like last Sunday, I made 20 frozen meals. Like I cooked up big batches <laughs> of like a couple of different recipes that I like and I put them all in my freezer. And You are the best. And so I come home and then I'm like, okay, great. There's some stuff in my Then That makes me deeply happy. So you're very, very cheap. You have some savings, and rather than have that savings sit there, I think you could reasonably use that money to pay yourself a wage for six months and just give the creative thing a shot. And it has risks in it, in that you might not succeed, but like that is true no matter what. Right now, there's a lot of stuff that I know you're really passionate about and want to do and would love to spend your time on, but you just genuinely don't have the time to do it. So... I don't want to get too meta, but like this podcast is verging into can we keep running territory because yeah, we're each spending a full day on it every week and that is so much time for something that we pay to do because, you know, we pay for the hosting and we spend all our time on it and we get emails and we love getting emails and we really appreciate the listeners we have, but like currently this is not sustainable. Oh yeah, totally. That's why I I get a, I get nervous that I'm the only one thinking that. No, it, it's for me. This is yeah. This this is another investment because I think 
by the end of this year, this could be monetized. And again, we're getting super meta here, but we spend a day on it every week. It's going to be something that we talk about. We are currently sitting at about a thousand listeners per episode. Like a week after an episode goes up, we get a thousand listens. And that is not enough to monetize, but that is really fucking good considering the fact that we have not promoted it. (laughs) Oh yeah, we haven't. Huh. Yeah. What's funny is I know like the going rate for like podcast advertising is like, I think it's like $30, $35 per thousand listens, listeners. <laughs> so, I mean, technically we could monetize this and we could buy yeah. like... We, we, a, we would like cover a, our hosting a few times over. Yeah, but we could buy like, what could we buy? For me, that would be an expensive meal. Yeah, so that's that's what like say 150 a month. It's not it's not that, but it's or roughly 150 a month. If you are like me and you like to cook in advance and freeze your food, it would be <laughs> like 60 meals. So, I think you should quit your job. So, since we had that half a conversation. Okay, so first of all, I feel weird having this conversation in public. In some ways, because I'm like, I'm not sure whether anyone from my work listens to this podcast, which is kind of interesting. I think you should quit a theoretical job that you may or may not have. (laughs) But one thing that I did do since we had that conversation was I got this, I've been meaning to send it to you actually. It's a Excel spreadsheet by a woman called Jessica Abel, who you sent me one of her posts. Jessica Abel is a cartoonist. Um... But she's, slash writer. Slash writer. But she's just started doing stuff around how creatives spend their time and make money. Like, it's partly about money, but it's partly about how to, like, work out what to invest your time into. Anyway, she's, as part of signing up to something, you got a free template. And I went into the template and it's like, you know... What's his product? How much does it cost you to make? And Oh, is that why you've been doing product stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you say product, I assume physical product. Oh, no, like product or service, you know. like And, and then questions like, do you like making this product? What's the value for the person who's receiving it? What's the relationship like with those people? Like really, really good questions if you're looking at wanting to start any kind of business actually. And I did that and I, I was up till like 2 a.m. the other day filling it out and I found the process actually quite depressing when I realized I was like, because I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to fill this out as if I was already doing this stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So like if I had that and I sell X amount of them, per year blah 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 blah. just like looking at the figures and all that kind of stuff and I was like it is really hard to make a living so I think part of the reason I wanted to discuss this on the podcast is because I think it's a really weird interesting territory that people don't talk about I think it is I mean I'm in a weird situation that I've been living off my own writing for upwards of four years now well coming up to my four-year anniversary in July very exciting of working full-time as a creative. And I got into a particular field at a particular time, so I'm not going to be like, everyone can do it, because I was super lucky. I was on the right wave of things. And you had an amazing fiancé. Well, no, like, you are your own amazing fiancé here. When I started working creatively, you were going to support me for six months while I got it up and running. 
you can do that with you. <laughs> oh, I wasn't actually meaning that aspect. I was actually meaning just I was the person who happened upon the information that that was a thing that you could do. Right. Well, okay. I <laughs> want to yeah. repay that favor. Uh, because <laughs> when I say living creatively, I don't mean like your Facebook page has got 3,000 people. You can make a living. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, or else every good Simpsons quote would be making a living. I mean, every good Simpsons quote would be making <laughs> As in because they all get 3,000 likes on Facebook? Yeah, easily. And so, like, firstly, you have a little bit of a network, which is handy. But, I mean, firstly, I don't think you can make a living until you get towards the end of that six months. I think it would take a bunch of time to build up the things. Oh, I, like, I absolutely understand that. Cool. I know it's not like, oh, as soon as I quit my job, I'm going to be able to pay for everything. That's that's not, that's not the idea. But firstly, you are so cheap and you have a substantial savings so you can support yourself. And then as you start making money, like supplement that so that that six months can stretch into a year if it needs to, because you'll start to make money over the course of that six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Secondly, I think that when, when I say making a living creatively, I don't mean like on, on thoughts and prayers and feelings and hopes. I mean stuff that is Wait really on, what? tangibly... That's what I was... <laughs> That's what I'm offering. I'm offering my thoughts and prayers and mostly a lot of tears. Some hopes. So many. You've got boxes of tears. I have four boxes now. I mean, stuff that is tangibly profitable. Yeah. Of course. Course creation. Yeah. Online courses are a way that you can make money. And you and I have been talking about doing one for like four months now. And I'm the one who's totally dropped the ball on that because I got super busy with Kickstarter stuff and just haven't had time. Fortunately, you haven't had time either, so that's okay. But, like, I think if you were to give you however many weeks' notice, spend those weeks obviously finishing out your work duties, but also starting to put together a plan of, like, every three weeks you could easily put together a course while doing other things. Just say you do a course a month. Over the, at the end of six months, you could have six courses which could actually be making money. I don't know what the course... Like, what... This is so from left field. Like, I don't know what courses... How is this from left field? We've been talking about this for four months. I know, but, like, I imagine, like, one day we will make one course about one thing. And you're like, make a course every three weeks. We have two courses planned. By the time those were made, you could have had another one planned. Yeah. And, like, you've got... uh, Jamie Stegmeier does a great blog called Kickstarter Lessons at kickstarterlessons.com. He talks a lot about how to run Kickstarters and things like that. But over the course of the series, because it's up to 300 posts or something by now, he talks a lot about business and he says that he he and his his co-founder alan own their business but he has basically a board of an executive board of people who are his friends so whenever he has an idea he will go to these people and be like hey guys is this a good idea and bounce it off them that way and it's like having a board of directors except for they're not actually part of the company they're, they're just his friends and he serves a similar role for them you have that kind of network like you have me yeah, and you have what, were you going to say something nice? I, sh- I was going to say... I was going to <laughs> say, yeah, you're pretty good. And then I realized that that didn't sound as complimentary as I would like it to. So I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I've started dating someone who has the same name as you, Sarah. And she's No one very... knows what my name is. God oh, damn shit. it. Her name is Honor Eastley, actually. It's a weird coincidence. <laughs> she's very very shy i asked her if i could talk about her on the podcast and she said as long as it's not super specific and now i'm wondering if the story is too specific um this whole bit might be cut uh what's the story i mean she's very reserved 
which is weird for me because I'm the opposite of that. And so she's kind of fascinated by me because I'm so balls to the wall about everything. She normally dates people who are really super open because she's so interested by it because it's the opposite of her. And we've been dating for like three or four weeks now. And in that time, I think she said maybe two nice things. Like, no, that sounds awful. In that time, there's been two times where she's been like, here is a thing that I like about you, Peter. Yeah, okay. And she said one last night. I was like, it makes me so happy when you say those rare things. She's like, oh yeah, I have a real problem with that. I, um... I have a big crush on you. And I was like, that is the fucking cutest. Because <laughs> I didn't know. Like, we'd been dating three weeks. I assumed she was having a good time because we were still hanging out. But it wasn't until she was like, I've got a huge crush on you. Then I was like, oh, she likes me. Oh, wow, that is really cute. Yeah, delightful. Does that mean, so to bring it back to me, um, does that mean that when I say nice things, they mean more because I don't say them that much? No, nah, because uh, we were in love for four years, so... Oh, so you you already got the quota, and now you're just, like, living off the interest of that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the same way as I don't, uh, I don't buy DVDs. I bought a bunch of DVDs, and now... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Having said that, I really like it when people say nice things about me. So if you want to, SJ, say nice things, you can. It I, makes me feel good inside. It's so weird. I find it, I find it like, it feels, like, physically painful to, to like, do that. <laughs> that sound weird i think it's because and this is a nice thing i think it's because in my brain my you know like my internal monologue that just goes throughout the day while i'm doing things i am very often jealous of you that really <laughs> yeah totally huh. but i think like that's that thing we were talking the other day and you were saying that you had a day where you just absolutely did not achieve anything and i was like what? yeah that was fun I was, no, but I was like, I didn't know you have days like that. You know, like, I, I yeah, I, I, a few podcasts ago, we sat down, we're like, here's a bunch of stuff we can talk about. And then we proceeded to talk about Australian politics and ended up deleting the podcast. There was a podcast that just never went live because it was about Australian politics. And at the end of it, we were both like, man, that was not interesting. Also, our like fifth of the countries that we get the most downloads from, number five is Germany. Did you know that? One percent. Is from Germany. I did not know that. So, yeah, one of the things that we had on that list was burnout because for the last week or two, I've just been starting to feel burnout, which makes complete sense because I wanted to come to Canada and just work all the time. I came to Canada. I've been working all the time. Part of working all the time is you start to experience burnout. And so, yeah, last week was not super productive. Like, I got a bunch done, but I was had some really frustrating days. Today, I feel like I'm back on the horse. It's really lovely. Back on the horse. But one of the reasons I think that this idea of quitting a job could be good for you and i don't know i feel obligated to be like position of privilege uh life is is in a situation where you can you know where i can do that so i don't know if this advice is applicable to anyone outside of me and possibly not even sj um i mean obviously it's a position of privilege to be able to quit your job to work on something that you're passionate about and that's a position that not a lot of people get you pulled a quote from our episode on gender and pronouns, which I want to quote, but it was me saying it, so it feels super wanky. But I really agree with that guy. He had some good points to make. What do you say? I know I'm super privileged, and I want to use that privilege for good, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're super privileged in a few ways. Uh, you also have areas in which you're not privileged. Life is complex. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I felt it was necessary to give that nod and just be like, you have this privilege and I want to see you use that to do as much good as you can. Yeah. 
So, what I would do in your shoes is I would give my, my two weeks notice or four weeks notice, or whatever it is. I would work out exactly how much I spend each month and how much money I have in the bank and then be like, okay, I can reasonably do this for four months. I can reasonably do this for nine months, whatever the number is. I would come up with like six possible revenue streams and I would work five days a week on it. Yeah. Because the revenue streams are stuff like creating a course is something that can really tangibly make money. And you and I have gotten involved in a group that is dedicated to like course making. So you've got that whole network for advice. Yeah. You're a really good writer. You've got me to like proof stuff and possibly help, et cetera, et cetera. Like that is one potential revenue stream. What would be the other ones? I'm just trying to think of. Oh, okay. So there's a thought I was going to say uh, about privilege, which is I've been watching through the US history crash course series hosted by John Green. Oh yeah. And one of the really interesting ones is about the market revolution which was the moment when the kind of modern day workforce sprung into existence so before this point in history people used to work from home yeah then factories were invented yeah and you would go in and work in this factory and come home and so it was this like the invention of the nine-to-five job and around the same time a bunch of writers and philosophers kind of started to talk about this stuff that was really affecting people which is for the first time in history People weren't growing food that they would then eat. People were going in and doing a job which anyone can do. Yes. And it drastically changed people's self-esteem and mental health status and stuff like that. If you spend your days doing stuff that only you can do, that directly affects your life Life, and that makes a difference, makes a tangible difference. Totally. Fuck yeah. I mean, I think about it... because the last three days I've been cleaning up my room. And, oh, I am the only person that can do that job. And I am great exactly. at it. Exactly. <laughs> I am a very, very happy person. It helps a lot that I have really... I had a stable childhood and I have no mental health problems and blah, blah, blah. But I lead a ridiculously fulfilling life. Because every day I spend like 10 hours on projects that not only no one else can do, that wouldn't exist without me. I recently started employing someone (laughs) like i there is now a person in the world who wouldn't have their job that they love if i hadn't been like i'm gonna do these things and you struggle with depression you struggle with mental health and you struggle with self-esteem question mark um yeah i mean i feel like i do as much as anyone else does who's in my position (laughs) and so there is this big risk for you specifically you, that, like, leaving a stable job could lead to spiralling. Yeah. And could lead to depression. And there is also a chance, and it is just a chance, but, like, you could leave work and start doing something that is more fulfilling than what you're doing now and more rewarding. And I'm not saying, like, it's a magic bullet that's going to fix anything, but it could be helpful. It could be healthy for you. I This reminds me of, do you know um, Shitty Robot Nation? <laughs> I do not know. it's this woman i think she's swedish i think she's swedish and she has a youtube channel called shitty robot nation pretty sure that's what it's called and she you will have definitely seen her videos she makes terrible robots like oh yeah like you would have seen she made like this like 
one of her first ones that went viral was an alarm clock, which is just like a clock with a hand that spins around really fast and hits you in the face when it goes off. Yeah, she's amazing. So, yeah, she does lots of really great stuff like that. And I was, I watched this video about her the other day about how she, you know, that's her job now is, um, is making those job is making shitty robots. Her job is making shitty robots. And she said in it that, you know, she was really bright and academically gifted and really motivated in school and also in university. And then once she left and went into the workforce, she found it really demoralizing and demotivating. And so like, that's why she started doing the, she started doing the robots and now she feels like, yeah, she feels really lucky that that's what she does. Like every day she wakes up, she does something that she's really passionate about. Which is I kind of funny. I can 100% relate to that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I can understand that if you can, if you consider that, like if you have a job where you come home and, yeah, you're not energized. Not that you're always... You're not fulfilled. Yeah, energized. But yeah, I hadn't thought about... It's also funny because I've, I've just been reading about it, the, uh, the exact same thing, but from a different book called The Wife Drought, which is by Annabelle Crabb. Which is? Do you know about this book? No. Oh my god! You should really read it. Um, and sh- she talks about the exact. I'll read it when you read Flex. <laughs> she the book is basically about how women need wives, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Like that's that's kind of the the book. Oh, is... I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. In order to build a, a fucking empire or whatever, you need that support from home that people just don't have any more because both genders are going out there and building empires yes exactly that that, that's interesting but it's i really appreciated that it had compassion for both sides as in the book wasn't like aren't men awful (laughs) the the book was like why is it this way and part of it was that you know the book lean in by cheryl stanberg you can pretty safely assume i never know any of these books oh (laughs) i don't read nonfiction. Oh, yeah, sure. I just figured you would know of it, at least. Anyway, no. book called Lean In. It's by... She, she's the chief technical officer or operating officer or something of Facebook. She's, like, one of the, like... Okay, yes, I do, I do know of this yeah, book. You're correct. Yeah, she's, like, one of the most, like, you know... I- influential. Professionally, like, probably well-paid, you know... Professionally like, accomplished, Like, women, yeah. and she's got... She has kids and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, her idea is, like, Lean In, that women... I haven't actually read the book, but the idea is like, how can women change themselves to be able to like get into the workforce um, in, in, in those ways. Whereas this book, she's talking about like, well, if women need to lean in, men also need to lean out because the other side of it is that men don't have a lot of options to be able to step out of the workforce. Oh my God. It's, it's such an amazing, really great look at so many of the factors that, that mean that, our world is set up that way and oh fuck and it's just so oh it's so good oh i just absolutely like hoovered that book it was so good anyway (laughs) so yeah i was was watching that u.s history series really good by the way crash course is thoroughly worth watching and yeah it it was talking about that and i was thinking about you because uh i love you and i think about you a lot and i was just like maybe that would be good for you like You've been having a really rough time lately. I'm not, again, not saying this is a magic bullet, but like you've got 
the ability to be your own supportive fiance. You've got all these really great ideas that you don't have time to implement. And you've got the network. So like, uh, I said six things earlier. I'm going to see if I can come up with six Yeah, what are six things? I'm really curious. Firstly, these courses. And that for a lot of people is enough to sustain them. Like what? Like on what? So we have two planned. We have one on making a business card and one on recording podcasts. I feel like very self-conscious about talking this publicly. I just realized it's really weird. Like I'm not saying don't. I'm happy to keep having this conversation. I just realized I think, that I'm I like... Think, I think people listening to this are invested in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I think people are going to be like, how would SJ do that? Like, is Peter crazy or has he actually got some plans here? Oh, and if you're listening and you're like, oh, I know just the thing, you can just... <laughs> if you've got business send it in. ideas... Yeah, send fucking it in. hell. If you've got business ideas that, like, SJ could do. So, like, first of all, you live very cheap. So, like, if you had to put a random number on it right now, how much would you need per month to survive? Um, and I mean, I bare actually, minimum. I actually like, have a, I have a budget somewhere. Okay, what, what's, what, what's your, what? Just give me a rough number. Do you want me to actually look at it? Uh, I think it's like, let me just work it out in my head. I actually think around like fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay, so we got a number. Let's say two grand. Okay, let's say you've got enough savings to support yourself for six months at two grand a month. See, give give it a number like that makes it super helpful. So two grand a month. If you're listening to this, we might start advertising on being honest with your ex. And that is not because we hate you or we're capitalists. It's because we want SJ to have a more (laughs) fulfilling life. (laughs) This This is the weirdest introduction to ads. Did you listen to the millennial episode where she gets the ads? No. Oh, really? Have you not listened through Millennial? No, I've listened to some of it. And then I think I was just so jealous that I hadn't done it myself that I couldn't continue listening. There's an episode of Millennial, it's fucking amazing, where she spends the whole time talking about getting a sponsor and then ends with an advertisement. And, like, I have never been so excited to listen to an ad. Yeah, I mean... She gets gets to the very end and she's like, and now, a word from our sponsor. And I was literally like, fuck yeah! That is fucking the best. I'm so excited for you. Millennial, by the way, is a podcast. Um, it's Yeah, it's a podcast about, it's basically about being a millennial. But it's, it's very well put together. There's, it's really good. You haven't listened to Startup, which is another podcast, but they talk I a lot. I just finished the first season of Startup. They talk a lot about advertising on there, and I found it really fascinating. And and startup this first season anyway is the story of um the creation of gimlet media which is a podcasting network um it is the hbo podcast yeah they make really really very very good stuff they do ads very well so yeah after this episode we might start shipping around for ads so get excited guys (laughs) everyone loves ads would we talk about like how much the the ad cost I would love to. I really dislike the idea of not talking about that. Anyway, so six revenue streams. First of all, course creation. I think that could be big. Secondly, we have a decent viewership, readership, listenership. Uh, We have a decent audience size considering the zero promotion we've done. If this is part of your job and you start like promoting this podcast properly, I reckon we could easily double our size, if not more. Oh, yeah. So the numbers that you said earlier would suggest, let's say 70 bucks an episode. If we can double out our audience and start getting sponsors at roughly those numbers, let's say, let's be safe. Let's say fifty bucks an episode. So that's two hundred dollars a month. You're ten percent of the way there. You have an idea for another podcast, which I think is really good. You've done one test episode. It sounds amazing. 
you don't have time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> if if that's your job, then you know you spend one day a week on that, and that I think has more potential for growth than this podcast does. I absolutely agree. So, like, let's say you can get that up to the same amount at the same frequency. You're at four hundred dollars a month. Sure. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, already we're twenty percent of the way there. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like you're twenty percent of the way there. It means like. It means that that money that you've set aside to support yourself now stretches for an additional 20%. So yeah. we said six months, now that's seven months. Yeah, yeah. That, that math doesn't quite work out because that assumes that we're making that money straight away. But, if, um, yeah, yeah. You, you understand roughly what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, it's, I, find, I find this this is a good way of looking at it because my brain is like... Um, I, I sent you a message this morning because I had stayed up all night last night feeling anxious about like investment properties was one of the things I was just like freaking out about. And I have this habit of, um, I think that I get anxious about stuff like 10 years in advance of when I probably should. <laughs> like when I was in primary school, I was terrified of doing year 12 in primary school. Like I was like, I just cannot do it. I'm going to have to quit school. Like there's no way that I'm going to do that thing. It was a really big deal. Anyway, so I, when I think it, like this is talking about how, what's the minimum amount that you need, which is a great way of looking yeah. at it. Cause my brain is like looking at much bigger things, like how much people I know earn and when are they going to be able to buy a house and oh God, yeah, no, is no, that that's a not thing that I could ever do? And like all of these things are cumulative and do I have any superannuation? No. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of the spaghetti approach. You know, throw it at the wall and see what hits. Uh, the shotgun approach. So, like, those are two things that I think are pretty solid. I think you could definitely make money off those. You could try uh, self-publishing. And that's an area that I'm very familiar with, so I could probably help you a little bit with that. But, like, I don't mean writing fiction. Self-publishing? Uh, Self-publishing what? So you could put together, like five or 10,000 word nonfiction books on really specific topics. I've done so much reading on this because I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Uh, a lot of people use their books to promote their courses and their courses to promote their books. Oh yeah, totally. I've seen that. And so you could put together, like, I don't know exactly what, but I reckon you and I in half an hour brainstorming could come up with something that was uh, marketable. Can you just like off the top of your head, can you think of one thing? Um, so the, the way you want to structure it is... X for Y. That's the trick to, like, so... I know I know one of the big, 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 like, hits that someone did was they wrote uh, Gluten-Free for Vegans. Sure. And it was literally, like, <clears throat> 50 recipes they'd gathered from the web. They wrote a little bit of, a, like, a sum up of each one. They hit publish. And that got to the number one of, like, the whole Amazon store for a day or two. What? That's so weird. Because people who are vegan and wanted to eat gluten-free would type in those yeah. exact words and they'd find that book so that that's not an example that you could write but like uh, how to break up for bisexuals how to find love for bisexuals like weird shit like that but like you do how to x for y and people who are typing in those words will find it and buy it and push it up the charts you asked for an example off the top of my head i don't think that's a good example i'm not <laughs> recommending that book but you understand what i'm saying yeah that i if we if we're talking about like the Marie Kondo technique, which we talked about earlier about like 
pick yeah. up a thing and ask, does that spark joy in you? That idea does n- not spark joy in me. Um, okay. I'm, I think that there's, like, yeah. you write, you write, uh, you've got a little Q&A on your website where people send you questions and you write answers. Yeah. Package that into an ebook and try to sell it. Sure. Call it love and mental health in the 21st century. I'm writing all these things down, by the way. <laughs> you know you'll be able to listen to this later. Yeah. I don't actually. I don't actually listen to the episodes. I just tell you that I do. <laughs> I. I have no idea what to watch. Ooh. Do you understand how that could potentially be an income stream? Yeah, I do. I. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh. So how many is that? Three or four? That's three. Okay. So the, another one I had. I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've been listening to the CGP Grey podcast. Um. Hello Internet. Have you watched CGP Grey's videos? I have no idea what words you are saying. What is that? Oh, CGP Grey does some of the best videos on the internet. I really thoroughly recommend any of them. Uh, I'll put some of my favorites in the show notes. Uh, So I've been listening to that. I've been watching through a lot of YouTube lately between Crash Course and CGP Grey and listening to his podcast. And people make a living off YouTube. That is something you could try. Yeah. So again, you and I could brainstorm some kind. Like you're very personable. You're bubbly. You could put up some music. Like, literally, you in a room playing a guitar, sing, like, get all of the songs you've ever written and put them online. Do some covers of, like, big songs. Put them online. Don't overthink it. Don't try to produce shit to hell. Just, like, <laughs> hit record, play, put it online, see if that gets you anywhere. And then you could try. Like, people really like your confessional nature. Vlogging is on the downturn, but it is still a thing. If you could come up with, like, some interesting angle on vlogging, vlogging with a V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is something that would be worth considering. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You are good with graphics. You could try to get a little bit of freelance graphic design work. If people know that you're out there trying to make money, you know, you can be like, hey, I will build your website and then build them a really fucking nice Squarespace website. Yeah. Uh, like, because it's not, it's not just like using Squarespace. Squarespace is very easy to use. They have not sponsored us yet, but... Uh... <laughs> To have a really good Squarespace website, you need to know how to go in with the CSS and mess with it and make stuff that's really customizable. Yeah, there's a few like, tricks. While, while you're getting up and running with the other stuff, you could start to try to like get yeah. work that way. Yeah. And then, like, okay, the sixth one, I'm going to throw over to you. You have always got so many interesting ideas that you just don't have time to execute. Is there anything you think of that could actually be profitable that you've wanted to do forever and you're just like, I just don't have the time? Yeah, I actually have a few ideas. Actually, can I... I'm just going to go look at... I'm going to look at the the Google Doc spreadsheet. The one you mentioned earlier. Yeah. What do I have in here? Some of it's probably embarrassing. Um, oh, I mean, Patreon was something that was obviously down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot about Patreon. Um, Patreon, I think you could probably reliably get about 100 bucks a month right now. Yeah. And then that that could grow as you put more stuff out there. Yeah. And the other things that I have, I think you will like these, actually, some of these. It's becoming a marriage celebrant, which is some, okay, sure. which is an idea that I've, like, played with, I've thought about for ages, that I actually think that I would really enjoy. Yeah, sure. And, what else? Uh, I'm, I was thinking about, like, actually creating stuff personally for people. Like, writing for people specific songs. Like, do you remember when I used to do... This is your song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something like that. This isn't like... So I, I, I was trying to avoid music stuff because I know music stresses you out. It totally does. But um, it's a bit... It, that's a bit different for me. 
the other thing was um, writing because I've been doing a bit of that lately and getting paid for it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like all, all of these things you've written, firstly, you can get paid when they get published. And then if you maintain the rights to them, you can do a compilation and chuck it online as an ebook. Oh, yeah. Like that's super common. And so my, my point is that like in your shoes, I, I think you're at a point now where you could invest in yourself and at worst in six months time, you have to get a job. Like that is the genuine worst case scenario. You don't have your savings anymore and you have to get a job. But best case scenario, you live creatively or even like doing this kind of thing looks so good on a resume. I know a lot of, I know a lot of businesses are more likely to hire someone who ran their own business for a while because they get it. Oh, yeah, it's a really different side to it. Anyway, that was the ideas that I had. <sighs> it's so weird. I feel strange um, sounding like calculated and I also feel like major imposter syndrome. Yeah, those those things aren't going away. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would I be the first person to do that thing? <laughs> um, yeah, so I find that terrifying. Oh, the other thing that I thought about doing oh yeah was like running workshops right yeah like anything like that is good in the short term but long term you want to move towards stuff that you do once and has an ongoing income well what's kind of good about it like i understand what you're saying completely but what's kind of good about a workshop is that you make the content and then you just deliver the content yeah. repeatedly yep uh, i'd recommend rereading for our work week because he has a bunch of really good tips about this kind of stuff lifestyle curation yeah Jesus Christ, I feel um, I feel a bit sick. There's no rush on this. It's not like you have to be like, I have to decide now. But I don't know, I would say by the end of the month, make up your mind. <laughs> I say that because you could just be like, if I ever feel like doing this, I'll do it. But in that case, you know, without the deadline, you'll just never do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's the thing. Yeah. I believe in you. And I think you should believe in yourself financially. I'm not sure why you believe in me. Because I've seen you... F I mean, I I sort of pushed for this... We've talked about this before. Uh, when we were... In the last year of our relationship, I paid the rent for six months with the hope that you were going to do something like this. I don't think you were in a, in a mental state to be able to do that. But nowadays you have... You have prospects in a way that you never have before and you have a certain stability that you've never had before. In terms of... You finish stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm better at finishing things. You're better at finishing things. You've got an audience that you didn't have before. And I don't know, stuff like this podcast. I like this podcast. <laughs> I, I've, I've talked about this in the past as well. I've spent so many years doing stuff that no one gave a shit about. Yeah. And this is one of the first things. This and Scuttle are the first two major things I've done that people have been like, yes. Oh, yeah, right. I think that this has a, that kind of potential for growth. Yeah. And I think that the other podcast you've done is uh, it's called Starving Artists. It's about making money in art, which is uh, a handy topic if handy. you were to start your own business. Handy dandy. I feel like it could be really fun to do small episodes, um, kind of like startup. Yeah, I completely agree. As in that are just like shorter ones that are like 15 minutes that are just me being like, so this is where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> Uh, I, I'd agree, except for like the reason Startup and Millennial work is because the production is so oh, amazing. Absolutely, and that is that is really time intensive. Yeah, and also people intensive, basically. Yeah. Anyway, that was my idea. What do you think? Uh, that is similar to my idea. 
but it feels a bit out of like some of it feels a bit out of left field in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable basically i'm just scared like if i could boil it down yeah. basically i'm just i'm just scared imposter syndrome weirdness about talking about publicly and fear are the three things you can rely on to be there the whole time <laughs> my trusty friends like i still get impulsive syndrome and fear and to a certain extent weirdness about talking about it yeah yeah and then uh, oh yeah so this is not one of the six but like austin cleon had been doing stuff for years and then his like crossed out word pages yeah got really big yeah and suddenly he had a presence once you've got a presence you can capitalize that to like maybe run a kickstarter for something i don't know what you'd run a kickstarter oh, on, but like absolutely. if you came up with a really good idea you've suddenly got that audience to build a kickstarter so like, yeah, it would be, it's an investment. It would be a six month investment in building your brand, building an audience, building an income and building a better life. Yeah. Yes. That sounds good. I would like that. Thank you, please. <laughs> What's our outro this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we have a couple to choose from. Would you like the one from Mary or would you like the surprise outro? I mean, I've listened to the Mary one and it's really good, but it's hard to pass up on a surprise outro. Nah, well, I think we got Mary's first, so I think we should go with that one. You haven't let me listen to the other one. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know what it is. That's because people send me them so that I will listen to them and not you. Okay, uh, this one comes from Mary Mary Walsh, who I hope is okay with us saying her last name because we've said it a few <laughs> times now. Actually, I had only said her first name. <laughs> You'd only said Mary Walsh's first name. <laughs> you hadn't said Walsh, her last name. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review and tell all your friends. Peter is my favorite blue-haired robot man. SJ is my favorite tear-collecting outro evaluator. <laughs> so, SJ, how do you evaluate that outro? I really like the, I really like those titles, and I have to say, I... I always have such a soft spot for a smooth American accent. <laughs> uh, that's all from us this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. And I'm starting to feel guilty that we're probably going to start advertising because we haven't until now and it feels super commercial. Oh, I think that I'm interested in doing it in an open way. That I like. Does that make sense? You think people will appreciate? Yeah, I, I really hate the term selling out. I think... Yeah, see, I, I have no issue with advertisements. <laughs> I have friends who are like, advertisements are the worst thing. And I'm like, I like them. I enjoy ads. Oh, I don't even think about it in terms of, like, is advertising evil? I'm just like, how do people live their lives? If, if you, like, particularly if you're doing something creative and you can find a way to make money off it, like, I, I'm just so most... In favour of that. Yeah, I'm so pretty much all the time in favour of that. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can make you a creative living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, the the end. <laughs> <laughs>